What's up, gang? This is Food Network star and culinary master of the Marvel Universe, Justin Warner, and you are listening to the podcast that's everything you ever wanted but never asked for. You know it. PSVG Prime. Now that that's out of the way, and where we drop him, boys? Welcome, one and all, to this week's episode of PSVG Prime, the flagship show of the Place and Video Games Podcast Network. It is I, your host, Kevin. And with me, of course, is the love to my drug, Mr. Lucas Rose. Hey, hey. hey love hey. your drug. I mm. like that. I like that. Most people take drugs to love, right? Well, what you is need the a prescription. Drug? You need a prescription. I think Viagra. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Drug to love? Yeah. Can anybody find me a drug to love? That didn't really work the way that I wanted it to. Wasn't quite the perfect drug. <laughs> got a new duck. Got a new duck. Is that is that a Weird Al? Isn't that Weird Al's? Got a oh, new. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was I was putting in a Nine Inch Nails reference. I didn't know you were going Weird okay, Al. Okay, so me. there's so many. <laughs> the perfect drug. Uh, Already messed up. Get a new drug. Uh, yeah, there's too many. Weirdly, there's a lot of songs about drugs. Isn't that strange? I feel like there wouldn't be that many, but yeah, it's like people like it or something. Weird. You know people I like, Lucas? Yeah, what? Those are the people over at patreon.com slash PSVG, which we have to thank right now. Let's do it. All of our special producers, Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh the Bonesaw Borboni, Dev Tyus, Chris McElfresh, Kyle Hammond, Paul Calicote, Mike Massick, Zach Bradshaw, Nick Fahaba, Rob Emanuel, Rude Days 93, and this just in, Grouchy Surge. Thank you all for your love and support. And if you want to support us, once again, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG for just three, three, one, two, three doll hairs a month. (laughs) You can get access to PSVG DLC, which is an exclusive feed that has shows that you can't hear anywhere else. We have wrestling shows. We have board with everything. We have the traditional unedited, unfiltered, unrestricted PSVG DLC shows. We have the Fast and Furious retrospective, which is going to turn into a general movie show uh, and a couple, one more episode I think we have left of Fast and Furious. Um, and there's just a lot of great stuff that you can get. So if you, for some strange reason, actually like us here at PSVG, you can get even more by heading over to patreon.com slash PSVG. But always remember, though, that this is the greatest show. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a reason you used. Yeah. If you right. don't know what we're talking about, you just keep going back until you hear it. Absolutely. You'll know when you hear it. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I had a rough night last night, but it surprisingly, surprisingly bounced back. That doesn't happen very often, but uh, I'm here. I feel okay. I uh, After the, the chat you guys had in Discord about how much caffeine you guys <laughs> consume, I feel better about myself now. I'm like, okay, maybe it is viable to actually have more than just like a cup of coffee and a soda. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but that's my normal for the most part. If I get two, if I get two uh, sodi pop colas in me, then I'm just like, ooh, maybe I did too much. I mean, I have a I have a soda pop over here, and then I have a you know, Doctor Disrespect G on the ready here. on the ready <laughs> just in case. You're like, I can't I can't go without my drink, man. Well, it's, we'll see. I, 
I get thirsty talking. Like, you know, it's, it's yes. you get parched. So, and the weather's getting, you know, a little bit colder. So the air is a little bit drier. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you, that, you, to, you, you might have the heater on, which dries out the old tonsillary. I haven't done that yet. Thankfully, that's going to be a concern. Um, shows in the winter are going to be fun. Lucas, we're going to see how this works because um, the, the champions arena, if you will, um, you know, built it. Everything's all good. We're up and running. We're operational, if you Looks will. Great, by the way, yeah, thank you. But there's no heat in here. Um, it is insulated, and okay. the computer radiates heat, as we know. Yes, that is true. Um, the Xbox also radiates heat. So uh, the past week or so, the weather's dropped a little bit here, especially in the morning. It's cooler in the morning. It heats up in the afternoon. It's almost like normal. Um, but the uh, Where's I going with this? Oh, so I'll come down in the morning, like 6 a.m. I wake up, come in here, play video games for an hour, and then I log into work. I'll come in, the room might be kind of cool. And yeah. then it actually ends up being warm like an hour or two into it. So we'll see how it goes in, in the dead of winter, how cool it is over here. But you have two options either you build a wood stove, okay, and put it in the corner. I got, I got some space right there. Very convenient mm-hmm. and safe. Not or totally. you get one of those uh, shop like what they have in the garages and it just looks like a jet engine. Basically you turn it on and it's just like, and it sounds like literally like a jet engine. So those are your two options. The microphone won't mind that at all. Right. Uh, as, as long as it's pointed in the other direction, both of them point the microphone and, and the stove, the jet the engine walls. and the stove, yeah. all of facing away from each other and then stand in the middle of the room. Fair enough. Take it from me. I'm a professional. I guess I guess I'll do that. No, I I think I'll be fine. But it's like I can't run a space heater in here while we're doing stuff because number one, the noise and yeah. Number two, I don't know if the electrical will be able to hold all that running out of the same outlet. I I mean, I really have one outlet. Like this wall in front of me is the only one we ran electric to because it's been a lot harder to run it to the other areas from the junction boxes and like behind me just goes outside. So there's no outlets over there, obviously. Um, So yeah, I just have this one outlet in front of me, which is grounded, and I, I. have um a wall mounted the power strip that has like the usb plugs directly into them so i like i'm all set like i have more than enough outlets to run stuff but i just don't know about running all that without popping a fuse yeah for yeah. sure definitely <laughs> like the show boom warm but sorry no show yeah i think you'll be you should be okay given the size of the room and everything yeah hopefully you'll be fine no drafts no uh, my- no the the door's getting replaced soon too so like there's a probably a little bit draft for coming from that door um, when it's really cold now, it doesn't really make yeah. a difference. But I can always open the door out of here, and that leads to the finished basement, which is all heated. So I can heat that here after, like, if I leave the door open. But gotcha. I can't do that while we're podcasting because who knows? You know, if somebody's going to walk by and make noise, the cats will come in here or whatnot. So I was going to ask you if you only had the one door that leads to the outside, because that'd be kind of weird if you had to walk. <laughs> I can only outside. come in to go outside to come into my office. No, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a door weird. right here that goes um right to the rest of my basement it's actually the wall i'm looking at was the wall that was behind me previously ah so like where you have my green screen before that's it's the same wall so the finished basement is all right there um that has the baseboard heating all the way through so we'll be we'll be all right we'll figure it out um so we got a lot of stuff to cover it's been you know we we were off last week we took a we took a vacation day or we quit you know we had quit um altogether and then donnie begged us to come back and then say no we can't lose prime uh it is the number one rated show in the whole psvg podcast network 
And I said, fine, but I'm not going to do the Xbox Empire anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if anybody <laughs> isn't aware, uh, I did step away from the Xbox Empire uh, hosting that with Donnie. And that's mainly because of, um, and I addressed this on Twitter and in the Discord too, but just in case you folks don't follow us there, I want to address it here um, as well, is basically uh, I'm a different kind of gamer than I think a lot of the other people are. And Lucas is along the same lines as me. Uh, our buddy Jason is, is similar to that. Well, we're not necessarily always on the cutting edge of what's out every console, getting hype over every new announcement. So it's hard for me to keep up with somebody that has a ton of passion about those things like Donnie, as we all know, is, I mean, Stadia was announced and he dropped everything and, and, you know, got a podcast domain for a new Stadia show. We did all the stuff like Donnie's always on the edge of that stuff. Um, and I, I, I just can't, I can't always be like that. And uh, Lucas and I like to talk about the weird things and, and, you know, we'll talk about the big stories if it interests us, but we're not necessarily tied to a singular theme here on PSVG prime. And I think I like that better. We're a little bit more laid back. We like to goof around and, and basically have fun. So uh, I want to focus on continuing to make this show the best it can be um, because we already know it's the best show here anyway. So let's just keep that ball going between you and me, Lucas. Um, <laughs> and then obviously I do a lot of reviews, which I'll, I'll talk about quite a handful once we get to the game. So gamesreviews.com. I'm fortunate enough to get a ton of games from them quite often to the point that I don't even review all the games I'm getting. Shh, don't tell them. Um, but (laughs) I'm not required to review everything they give to, so it's fine, but I do a lot of that stuff there too. So in order for me to kind of stay current with new, newer games, that's really my connection is, is through that. So, uh, I'm putting my efforts into there and I will certainly make appearances on Xbox empire when, when I can and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no beef between Donnie and I, because if that was the case, if I was really quitting, uh, I wouldn't be doing PSVG prime. I would have, I would have been gone, you know? Gone, gone, not just leaving a show. So everything's fine. Everybody, no, no, Donnie and I aren't fighting. We're all good. Uh, Donnie helped me secure um, the Xbox Series S, which I was trying to get. He helped me with that. So clearly there's no bad blood or anything of that nature. And I think uh, based on the first uh, episode I did here, uh, the Empire is in great hands. And this way we actually got to welcome a new team member uh, in Elaine. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. And uh, we're just continuing to grow and stretch our legs. And you don't need to hear me on three or four different shows at any given time. Nobody wants that. I'm angry. I have hot takes and let's just keep them here where I can be as ridiculous as I want to be. You, you have to be contained is what you're saying. Pretty much. I can't be, con- I can't be tamed though. Ooh, you can't be tamed. Can't be, you tamed. can be contained. Yes. I like it. Yes. So enough of that, Lucas, let's talk about those games we've been playing. What have you been up to, sir? Sure. Uh, still working on the Batman. I just feel the need to bring it up because the Telltale I, one. Yeah. Okay. I, I just finished chapter four, so I got one more chapter to go. That's really the only update that I can give, except for no spoilers. But um, okay. I'm very surprised at how Joker is presented in the game to you. Uh, you also, I think it works because you spend some time not as Batman. You know, you spend time as uh, his counterpart counterpart bruce wayne yes yes and so and it's interesting because they talk about how this is his early this is batman's early years i believe um earlier years because he he talks about uh how bruce wayne can be just as effective of a weapon as batman can just depending on the situation he being i think it was alfred who was talking to him about this so it's it's kind of interesting to play as both sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. 
we don't see that very often in no. the Batman games, especially if they're action oriented. So yeah, I can't, I can't imagine playing Arkham Knight as Bruce Wayne for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Bruce Wayne shows up in any of the Arkham games, he looks a little bit odd. Like he looks a little bit kind of like a gears character, just a little yeah. too muscly, a little yeah. too buff. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just weird too. Cause like at least the, the telltale Gotham, he fits in that narrative. Like it looks like Bruce Wayne could live there. Yeah. The Arkham games. It's just so dark and dirty and filthy. It's like, why would a billionaire live there? <laughs> like it looks so horrible. It's like, why yeah. would he stay? Yes. Besides to be the Batman. But I mean, there's no need for him to have his office there. Like he could just fly in on the Batwing. Sure. You know, live on a tall mountain overlooking the city, but just like outside far enough that you don't have to deal with any of the city's problems. I mean, that's, that's the dream right there. Yeah. Like you don't right. want to live so far away from the store that it's like a 20 minute trip. But at the same time, you're not taking the bus. So not like you need to be on the route to the store. Right. When you go yeah. to the store, you don't want to be bothered by the Joker who's doing some crazy thing. And you're just like, I'm just trying to get some eggs, you know, not watch the world burn. Come on, guy. Should have. I've got real people problems over here. Should have went with Penguin while you're shopping for eggs. That would have been better. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Penguin is penguin is a whole nother thing. <laughs> penguin grosses me out a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> well, it depends on which version. Which version. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Really, it's just Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito yeah. just grosses me out. <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's it. to do with the penguin. Yep, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting how the Joker plays into this whole this whole uh, story. So I'm really enjoying that because yeah. you get to see a different side of Joker. You're not exactly at odds. And uh, it gets touched upon in the first telltale Batman series, but it even, it goes even farther into this, that, that area with uh, this Batman. So yeah, I, I will be finishing it. It's just getting to it is, you know, playing like 30 to 30 minutes to an hour here and there. It's Uh, tough. What are they like four, four or five hour episodes? So yeah, I think so normally. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The other game that I've been playing quite a bit of, or at least enough of it to, to, talk to you about it on here is playstation now so i have yes i do well i bought a subscription that lasts for uh a a year that was not (laughs) doesn't seem like it was a good investment but it was on sale sure that's the reason i was like you know what i went out and got this playstation 4 controller dual shock special edition that's true you spent money on that so you might as well use it that's yeah otherwise i was like why did i do that so when it was on sale i grabbed a year of it and I think that might not have been the best approach. Maybe I should have just paid for it as I needed it. Uh, but it's I guess it's there if I want it. So the reason I bring that up is because I had kind of forgotten that I had it. Like in the back of my mind, I remembered that it was there. But I'm just like, I don't know. I never know when they bring out new games for the for that service. It always seems like a second thought. For yeah, them. yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me boot it up and see what they have on there. Uh, if they've added anything new. And they, they had, but... N- it wasn't really anything PlayStation specific. So I had like resident evil seven was on there, but I'm still, I have that already. And I'm kind of holding off on that for a little bit. Um, But WWE 2k 19 was on there and they have all the way back to 2k 17 or 16, I think. Uh, So I was playing 2k 18 and it got my wrestling fix in, but it wasn't really like the career mode. Wasn't really that great. It pretty much was non-existent. You just kind of did, a WWE universe mode, which is Mm -hmm. sort of like, here's all these wrestlers plus you. 
and then things kind of develop sort of emergently, I think, because uh, nothing ever really seemed to happen. You just kind of, you were sent on your way, you had to fight a specific person, and then you're just kind of doing your own thing is, is what it kind of seemed like to me. It wasn't really a story mode. But 2K19 actually does have a story mode, which was surprising to me coming from something that seems so stark right. from 2K18. Here, you actually create a wrestler and you're going from like a local uh, wrestling show and promotion to trying to get into the WWE. So you're kind of starting out in the, the smaller regional um, wrestling league. So like the NXT stuff? Smaller than that. Oh, okay. It's it's basically think of it like the um, the minor league okay. sports teams, from what I can tell. So it's a little bit higher up because this guy has connections to WWE. So it's not like he's just wrestling for backyard wrestling brothers, <laughs> you know, internet extravaganza, wrestling the insane clown posse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it has a little bit more weight to it than that, but uh, it's not you know the big time. So you're kind of running through this story mode. And when you're doing matches, you more have uh, specific things that you need to do during the matches, as opposed to a star rating system where you have to just put on the best show that you possibly can. Um, so I created my wrestler. He is and, and creating a wrestler is always kind of weird because they seem to have built upon the old, uh, like all of the recorded names and all of the names that they've had from all the other games. So those are still there. And then they may add a few here and there. So you still have like the same list of things that you can get be called if you want to actually have oh, an yeah, announcement. When, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I made uh, the outsider, the outsider, okay. Samuel Osborne. <laughs> and <laughs> I went with Osborne cause I saw it. I'm like, Ozzy Osborne. Sure. Why not? Whatever. Uh, so I have this wrestler. He's kind of the loner type. Think of basically Sting. Think of Sting. It, okay. Except for if Sting and Kane had a baby. And so he's a he's the giant powerhouse type Kane. Okay. But with the personality of Sting. Um, but then you go through the story mode and you kind of see your character behind the scenes. And so he's like this kind of lovable, almost... Um, saints row ish type character okay. who's kind yeah. of like sort of friendly and you kind of like him because he's just got a really good voice actor and he just seems like a nice guy but then you try to play this other like undertaker type character in the ring it's kind of this weird sort of like that's not really who i made but but okay i'll, I'll go with it i know behind the scenes the wrestlers aren't the way that they are in the ring so right from that sense it makes sense but yeah so you're 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 doing these wrestling events that have a story behind them where you're trying to get into the WWE. Something happens where um, an outside of the ring event basically gets you fired from triple H before you're even hired. They rip up your contract because they can basically null and void it whenever they want. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, that whole idea is kind of uh, interesting to me. It's, it's sort of pulling me along because instead of just making a wrestler and then seeing what happens as I climb the ladder of the NXT or, or whatever, I, uh, I have a story that's going on like an origin story. I'm almost like a superhero kind of, and I'm, I'm fighting this, the, the, the rival that I had from the, the regional wrestling association. And, 
and uh, getting kicked out of my first shot at the WWE. So there's there's more to it than just go and wrestle. And I like that, actually. I like that a lot because all the other modes are there. You know, they still have you can be Randy Orton or something like that. Yeah, Um, I you can do these other modes where you be other wrestlers or you can just do exhibition modes and stuff like that. But uh, there's this story mode and I'm really enjoying that. And that's kind of what's what I'm going through and doing in WWE 2K19. Cool. Uh, the other two things real quick, me, my son and I had tried playing Lego movie, the Lego movie game, uh, okay. before, because I got it in one of those packs, like a humble bundle or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he, we had just watched the movie and he was excited to find out there was a game of the movie. Basically, uh, you know, we're in full Lego game territory right now. Uh, but there was something about it that just wasn't jiving with either of us. And he kind of put it down. Uh, the last time and we put it away for i don't know two or three months and then suddenly we watched it again and he wanted to play it like out of the blue he was like let's play that lego movie game again i'm like i'm don't even i can't believe you even remember that but sure give it a shot (laughs) and so we're playing that again and you know it's a lego game i don't really have to explain it but uh we're i think we're gonna beat this one like this is the next one that we're we're working on we did lego marvel one lego marvel two uh, Batman one, t- one and two. So this is probably the next one we're going to beat. Um, and yeah, it's more Lego Lego game. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, I think this one's a little bit of a cash in cause they use a lot of the, the sequences and stuff from the movie. Yeah, I mean, right. it, it's kind of like one of those quick, get this done so that we can have a game for the movie. It, it makes sense that they would put those two things together and it's not, bad because of it but it's just kind of like oh that's exactly what i would expect from from lego movie the game so i can't really complain there and then lastly uh we just uh finished up full throttle remastered and by we i mean uh over on flux opposed we've mm-hmm. played through we did a flux to plays as we call it uh, the adventure game from LucasArts, Full Throttle Remastered. So uh, I'm not going to talk about it too much here, but if you're interested in that game, then we uh, have played it fully to its completion, beat the game. It ends up being really short, actually. It's like five hours long or something like that. And uh, we talk a little bit about how it was made or the the reasoning it was made or, or the the stories behind how it got made and that type of thing. Um, but this one's a little bit shorter because again, shorter game, not much of a development. Uh, at that point, LucasArts was in full swing as far as making adventure games go. So they kind of knew how to get it done, but, uh, yeah, we really enjoyed it. And, uh, we had some things to say about it on the show. So if you want to check that out, please go ahead and do that. Uh, but other than that, uh, that's pretty much everything for me, Kevin. So, okay. All right. So with me, I've done a handful of review games right now. So um, let's see. Try to think of where to start here. Um, First one I will probably go with is Welcome to Elk. Um, So this one is probably the favorite one I play out of all of them right now. Um, And this one came onto my radar because of the xbox summer demo festival thing that they did where they put like all those demos out um i remember you talking about it yeah so that um 
was one that people put on my list because I decided there were so many damn demos during that time. Like there was no way I knew what to try out and I couldn't even follow that list. Like, like we said, I'm not on the cutting edge of all the news that stuff happens on. So I, I don't know what these games were. Mm-hmm. So I asked a bunch of people saying, Hey, give me 10 games and I'll play whatever one you, ones you say. And Donnie actually recommended this one and he did it purely on like the screenshots, the art style that was kind of like weird and goofy. It is. Um, yeah. So I, dove into that one and i played the demo and i was like this seems interesting enough and i kind of just let it be i was like well maybe someday i'll come on game pass or whatever maybe someday i'll buy it you know whatever yeah then i guess we got it offered to us at game reviews um because they asked like hey does anybody want to do welcome to elk and i was like well i'll do it because that was interesting enough so i picked that one up and lucas i will tell you that this game for me was one of the my favorite experiences this year as far as wow. yeah wow that's and, uh, high praise it, it is it's weird to say in, in a year that i've done ghost of tsushima i've done you know last of us part two like i've reviewed some big games and, and they're they're great too i'm not not saying they're not mm-hmm. it's just welcome to elk was such an unexpected um surprise and experience that i really didn't see coming at all um so that was a, a pleasant surprise it is a basically it's not a walking simulator because those are typically done in like first person you go through your environment so like you, you see your characters around it's like a top-down view yeah uh, and the stories of this young girl who goes to this island of elk um to study under a master carpenter on that island uh because that's what she wants professional wants to take up her dad knows him and says this is the best guy go spend the summer or winter with him whatever he'll teach you everything he knows mm-hmm. and that's how it starts uh then you meet all these kooky really weird characters that live on this island it's, it's basically like if you took twin peaks and and mash it up with like fargo and that'll give you kind of the idea of where that's going Ooh, yeah I like yeah. that so like it, it's very weird like you have the local rich guy who whose father basically owned the island and had this giant brewery there. And like he's super rich, owned the whole island, owned everything on it, isn't that? But he, but he was a jerk. Like Nobody really liked him, but he was, the, he was responsible for basically the well-being of that economy. Wait, a rich person was a jerk? Happens sometimes. Not everyone <laughs> wow. can be Batman, Lucas. Not, every, not everyone's <laughs> a good rich guy. Um, so you, his son now has taken over and his son basically like keeps the bar open for free. And he just like, he's, he's super awesome and super nice. He's nothing like his dad. Then you have like this weird guy who lives in a cave. Like it, it's just this really kooky cast. of Every characters. town has a weird guy that lives in a cave, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it goes through this story and like all these weird things happen to all these different people, but it's not just walking from point A to point B and talking to somebody like there's these weird mini games infused in and some are like a dance party where like you dance off with somebody. They, they do a button press is saying, OK, you pose like this and be like A, B, Y, X, whatever. Um, and you have to match them. But then sometimes what happens is it tells you a button to push, but they'll pose in a different direction. But you still have to follow the button press, not what they're posing. So it's like tries to throw you off things like that. It's a mini game where you're pouring beer and you're trying to get the right amount of head that they wanted on those beers. Um, God, it's close with the I still struggle wants. with that. Yeah, there, there's one where unfortunately you have to decide uh, number one if you're going to put down a rabbit, but if you do, how? Uh, there were three different options given to you. Like it's this is really gut wrenching, weird story that's just wrapped up. But the coolest thing about this game, and this isn't really any spoilers because they advertise it, is that. It's all based on actual stories. So not word for word. And obviously the characters aren't the same. They made, they made changes to them, but they're the, the overall narrative is based on a series of different stories from people who lived in, I think it was Denmark is where 
um, the developers are from. So it's like the environment of Elk is very much like what they they experience. Hmm. Um, and, and like the fact that some people like desolate, you know, on islands, they're completely desolate except for that community is there and, and things of that nature. So sometimes weird stuff happens. Like somebody might get drunk and take a snowmobile for a ride and then die. You know, there might be this yeah. weird hunter guy who's holding everybody hostage and he's like a tool bag, you know, things like that. So like as you play through the game, um, you have these sequences where you're, where you're seeing the story play out and you're, you're living through these tales in this world. But then your character will go to sleep and have these dream sequences and they actually would cut to sometimes the actual person they got the story from telling their story. Whoa. And it's just cool. really weird to be in the super art deco style game to then all of a sudden seeing this like seven year old man reaccount his memory of the story. And, and you know, it's, you know, and you, you find out clearly it's not word for word, line for line, but it's very close. Um, yeah. and they change the names and stuff like that, but it's these different accounts of real people's life experiences that they kind of took three different, I think it was three or four different actual people's stories and put them into this one overall narrative in the world, in the world of, uh, elk. So it's a really, really cool experience. Just something totally different and wacky and out there, but the story was great. Um, the design and art style was fantastic. So it was just really fun to play and experience something like that after playing so many big meaty games. This was a really great indie game. So, uh, if it sounds like you're a dig, if you're in for a weird wild story, welcome to elk. I would definitely suggest you all check it out. Lucas, I'm sure it'll be in a humble bundle eventually. <laughs> so <laughs> what isn't that's true. That's true. Um, the other one that I'm, I'm trying to, to remember, so I, I, bear with me here, everyone. I'm having technical issues. I can't get into the Google doc anymore. So oh, I'm no. going off memory now. So Lucas, you may have to fill in later on. I remember my, my game, so I can at least do that. Okay. Um, fight crab. It's, it's what you think it is. Crab fight or it's, fight crab. I believe it's called fight crab. Did I write that? Did I? I was going to say it's written as crab fight. I'm pretty sure it's fight crab. Okay. It's one or the other, but basically there's two words, guys. There's crabs and there's fighting. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. Um, not hard to Google that one. <laughs> no, no. And it's, it's on different platforms there and stuff like that. And you're basically, it's a crab fighting game. Uh, so you have an environment and you're fighting another crab and you control each claw, but then you also control with the, with the triggers will have you like do the claw attacks. The bumpers will control your actual clasping of your claws. You can hit them with your claws open. You can hit them making like little daggers. Um, but then you can also pick items up and use them as weapons. So you can get swords, hammers, shields. Um, you can pick up stuff in the environment and whack the other crab or crustaceans with it because there are lobsters as well. Um, it's just this really weird <laughs> crab How fighting bizarre. game. It is fight crab, by the way. You're okay. Right. I thought so. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's not great, but it was fun. And my five-year-old absolutely loved it. She kept saying, Daddy, play play the crab fighting game. And I was like, okay. And she'd pick out the crab <laughs> and the weapons. And it's just really weird. Like it's it's completely like harmless. It's not, there's no blood, there's no real violence. It's just cartoony. But the character models on the on the crustaceans are actually really cool. Yeah, um, they everything else is not great. Them. Yeah, everything else is not great, but those are really done well. Um, really goofy game. It's out and I reviewed it on Nintendo Switch, but it runs fine on Switch. So if you're looking for something really dumb and weird you can do it there is online fighting i didn't even try because every review i did see other people did nobody could find a match to to make there what? um yeah i know it's really niche market but it's it's a cool fun game and it, you know if you're into burning money and stuff like that it's not the worst thing i've played this year um next thing up this one i'm really not gonna talk about much this is what i was going to review um was leisure suit larry yeah yeah <laughs> dude was it wet dreams never dry or something like that is the name of it um of course it's got to be disgusting so i played it for 40 minutes and i don't know what i was expecting lucas like i know leisure suit larry is meant to be an offensive uh game like it's one of the first i believe they were x-rated weren't they it was like nc-17 like it was it was above mature yeah originally, it was, wasn't it yeah i believe so so 
I don't think this one is over that level, but I will say I was expecting, I was expecting to be offensive and I didn't take any issue with that. However, the level of offensity I was not prepared for because it wasn't just vulgar for vulgar sake. It was like, it's like this game was developed by 12 year old boys who never yeah. matured. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. the crude humor wasn't even like adult crude humor. It was like very, very childish crude humor. So like there's a scene like your guy goes to the gym and he's looking for a place to put up band posters for some weird reason. Like these are these weird adventure games. You know how they go. Yeah. He's like taking this and putting it here and all these weird things. But you go to the gym and the, the gym guy that's at the gate to check your membership and stuff. His name is Steven, but it's not Steven. It's Steven. Steven. Mm. So he's very, he's very much like this. And he talks about how ripped he is and he's not ripped at all. He's really skinny actually, but he drinks lots of protein shakes and that's why he's ripped and he's awesome. But in the background, you can see the gym that you're not allowed in because you're not a member. And it's just full of statues of naked men holding like shake weights for no reason at all like it's just yeah. it's really bizarre. Uh, that's in bad t- that's in pretty close to bad taste and that's yeah. actually really as a comedian uh connoisseur <laughs> uh it's just like the lowest hanging fruit but also kind of in bad like that's the type of humor that flew in like uh, 2002 we'll say something like that you could get away with that type of thing but that's just the easiest of the easy jokes. We've all heard that type of thing. It's yeah. not even funny. It's kind of offensive and it's like they didn't even try. So I can see, I mean, I've had that experience with movies where you're like, I remember this being really funny. And then you try and it's just like really uh bare level. Uh, I, I don't even juvenile. Like you say, yeah, that's really what it is. And that, that's what turned me off from it is I just couldn't, I couldn't just laugh and have a good time. Like we see like this childish humor in like Grand Theft Auto to an extent Saints Row, you know, has a lot of these really childish humor things, but they're no, they don't feel as, as weird or as bad or as, as dated as this does. So I, I don't understand what the deal is with it, but I just couldn't get through it. So I, I told the guys at games reviews that like, you know, Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this because I, it, on steam, it reviews well. Like, so I, I guess it's not a bad game if you, if you're into that kind of humor, but it's like, you know, it ran well, voice acting was okay it wasn't great um mm-hmm. but i didn't have any issues playing it so like fundamentally the game functions it's fine like that but it was just so bad taste that i, I just couldn't deal with it so i, I just put it down this said no worries because it's an id to xbox game which we're not obligated to review we know much right impressions of and i was just like i just don't want to tear it apart because it's just clearly not a game for me where while it's not necessarily a bad game it's just not for me at all the last one i played was magna cum laude or laude um for like the xbox i think i was gonna say maybe. yeah i think that, that was when they came back um but it was yeah that was the first one when they came back and even that one wasn't basically it's rob Lowe, i think is his name used or Allo. no rob Lowe is the actor I say Allo. <laughs> that'd be amazing uh he was the one uh who used to write these games for sierra i believe i'm just pulling this out of my brain so it could yeah, compl- yeah. be completely wrong uh but yes i mean what kid didn't remember the adult only uh, leisure suit Larry games. And they were clever at the time, you know, they might've had similar jokes, but they weren't as um, obvious, I guess, or, or, you know, and then it didn't feel so bad, but uh, because uh, times were different or whatever for better or worse. But after that, after he was gone, this series, it seems like it's just, it's not the same without him. And so when you remove him, it's just kind of just, 
tasteless, I guess. Yeah. So overall, not not for me, but you know, if you are into it, um, the last one that I'm going to talk about just really briefly was the the suicide of Rachel Foster. Right, is that the name of it. Yes, one? yes, okay. that's what you have. So this one actually is a walking sim. Uh, it is very much like Firewatch, which I know a lot of people liked, where you were you know you you were the only character in the game, and your only communication was through a walkie-talkie. Well, in this one, it's through a 1990s cordless phone um, that's been modified. Um, basically the story is, is you're a daughter who like left your, your parents like a long time ago. Um, your dad now has since died and left you the lodge that your family owned in the will. Uh, your goal is to just simply go there and sell the lodge. Like you have zero interest in trying to run it, whatever the case is, you just want to get off your hands, but that requires you to at least physically go there and inspect the property before the lawyer can sell it on your behalf for, for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> Lucas writing jokes in the chat. Um, Sorry, no, it's okay. It's good. Um, it just wouldn't make sense to say it out loud now. But yeah, right, that would have been funny. <laughs> um, you, so you show up there, and uh, you get there, and you're like looking around. The lawyer calls and says, "Hey, I'll be out there tomorrow." Um, well, because you're in like Oregon or something like that, I forget where you are. You're Colorado somewhere. There's a huge snowstorm, so of course he can't get to you. Um, so you walk around the house, you find your old room, you know, you start getting a little nostalgic for these different memories and stuff like that. But the hotel is not in terrible shape, but there's certain portions of the hotel that were being refurbished that then were never completed due to your father's passing and his uh, financial situation. Um, but the reason your family left, well, your mother and you left, was because your father was having an affair with a girl in your school that was the same age as you. <laughs> yeah. He okay. apparently also got her pregnant and then she then killed herself. Oh. Hence the name, The Suicide of Rachel Foster. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're wandering around this hotel completely by yourself. Um, it's running on generator power, so it's not like there's no power, but things are a flicker and stuff like that. So it has that creepy kind of atmosphere here. Yeah. One of my favorite little not-so-subtle Easter eggs is the carpet. Um, I was just going to say, I'm looking yep. at the picture totally reminiscent of... The Shining. Yes, yes. Yep, which I which I put that in my impressions piece that I put up on there. Um, it's not necessarily a horror game. I actually thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be something like Edith Finch or things of that nature, but it's not. It's more like Firewatch. Um, because you're stranded in the snow, that cordless phone um, is actually Irving from FEMA who's kind of walking you through how to do things if stuff goes wrong, like you lost power, furnace is working. Kindly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, here's here's how you get this running. I used to run supplies up to your dad, so I know I know the landscape and I know what to tell you what to do. So, and they kind of develop this little relationship as it goes on until people can get to her um, because the snowstorm got worse and worse. Trees went down, stuff like that. Nobody could get to her, and you couldn't leave. It just wasn't safe. So you spend nine days in this hotel. This lodge overall is, is the running pace of the game, and you find out more about what happened with your father. What happened more with Rachel? You discover some things, the walls, there's hidden passageways in the walls and stuff like that. Like there's a really kind of cool vibe to it. Um, I won't get too far into it because it does, I would have to give away spoilers, but it's a really intriguing story very much in the vein of Firewatch, but I think with more substance, the story in Firewatch never really grasped me that much. Uh, this I found to be much more interesting um, and kind of engaging. It's more of a murder mystery really is how things unfold in this one, but it's very cool. Hmm. So if you end up being able to snag this one on sale, I believe it's on PC as well as Xbox, PS4. I think it's kind of everywhere, but switch, um, but runs really well. Voice acting is great. Uh, no issues there. Um, the only thing really criticizing the game is from a development perspective is there is one really long initial load time when you first start the game each session. Uh, but then after that, there's really no load times at all. 
so I think it's like rendering the entire lodge, which is a problem because it is kind of big and you're not restricted from going into certain areas. Certain days you are like a different door will open up all of a sudden because you get a key. But overall, like the whole lodge is explorable right from the start. So uh, it must be because of that. So it was like it was a really long, like two, three minute startup screen. And then once you got in, there was no problems. I was, I was really up frustrated at first. I'm like, if this is going to happen every time, I'm not playing this game. But <laughs> it, yeah, honestly, it doesn't. It, you start it up and then you're good to go. So. You're like, did um, this freeze? Or I, I want to say it took me a second to realize what this was, but on Steam, the art card for the game, I, I couldn't figure out retainer. what it was at, at it's first, retainer, but right? it's a retainer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, but then you think about like who has a retainer, and then it, I don't know, it gives you it. Yeah. I, I think this game could be uh, cool. Like you said, it, it, approaching it like a mystery, a murder mm-hmm. mystery, or something like that appeals to me so i might have to check it out also gives me vibes of gone home because gone home yep. felt like yep. it was going to be horror and yes it never happens but yes. you're just like totally waiting for the ghost to jump out and go boo yeah there are creepy things that happen atmospheric things like not necessarily jump scares but you do get a sense of like unease at certain points you're kind of like uncomfortable playing certain areas and when walking through certain parts of the lodge but it's not it's not a hard game it very much is close to like gone home but just with the, with at least with my opinion a much more obvious story going home was a lot of like, you had to read everything to get your narrative out of yeah, it. This yeah. is not like that. There are things to read, but it's very much, there's more going on. There's cutscenes, there's voice conversations through you and the person on the, uh, from FEMA. Like there, there's actual other stuff going on than you just reading the diary pages or whatever from like on home. But well, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it is cool. Um, but that's it for me this week. I will probably have another handful of stuff next week, depending on how things go. But uh, Lucas, that's enough from us. It's time to hear from you all. It's time to check out the message. Message for you, sir. So, Lucas, I have to hand it to you here. I know it's a little bit term of events, but I still can't get to the dock, so I'm stuck here. I could say anything I want. No, uh, I know some right. of them. I like Chaffee's one, right? Yep, Chaffee's the first one, and he says, first question is, sup? Just doing my podcast. My IQ just went up uh to 73 yeah g fuel so it does <laughs> now can you give me an exact number uh of iq points that that goes up every time you take a sip well because this is the doctor disrespect black on black on blackberry mm, yes it gives me plus 10 speed okay plus 30 momentum wow that's a lot of momentum plus 70 violence that sounds dangerous you might want to cut back on that uh <laughs> Don't drink that around your family. Uh, second question. What you know about tacos? Now, I don't know if this is like basically saying that you know nothing about tacos or literally asking, what do you know about tacos? Well, I mean, it's Chalfie. He knows we know food. So he's not he's not dumb. True. He listens, true. He listens to the show. He knows very much what this is about. Um, I know I love me some tacos. Number one. I can work my way around a good taco. That's for sure. Yeah. What's uh? what's your I mean, so like I. I freaking love Mexican food, so I have no problem with like tacos and, and beans. Also, like I, I love okay. burritos. I'm a Taco Bell fan. This has come up in Discord quite quite a few times, and even even like the last couple of days, <laughs> there's been come, conversations yeah. about Taco Bell versus Chipotle, which we all know Taco Bell is a superior answer here. Chipotle, you get E. coli and other stuff from, and you don't want to go there. Chipotle, I get one thing from, and that's like a diarrhea. Steak bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a steak bowl. That's it. So, like, really, an entire mm. restaurant's menu has been 
one thing for me. Whereas at least Taco Bell, I feel I can get different things. They might not be the best example of that thing, but it's kind of like McDonald's and a burger. Sometimes you just want a McDonald's burger because it just tastes not like something you can make at home for better or worse. No, that's true. McDonald's French fries. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen how to make those. It's a pain in the butt and I'm not going to do it. Um, The thing with Taco Bell too is like, you're right. You may not be the best example of Mexican food, but you know what you're getting. And yeah. I mean, everything at Taco Bell is just a reconfiguration of like five or six ingredients. And that's it. Which is kind of crazy if you think. About yes, it. it's it's genius, which makes me mad that they cut stuff out of the menu. But um, yeah, so, I mean, I like it. So what's what's your what's your favorite kind of taco, Lucas? I'm going to I'm going to further Chaffee's question to get more taco talk. OK, so I like I'm kind of boring when it comes to tacos, but here's the reason. There's a reason why behind this. So I like just a, a regular ground beef taco with a lot of fixins except for tomato. I don't really like tomato that much. I will eat. I will eat it uh, tomato on there, but like I don't get a lot of fixins when we make tacos at home because mm. I'm the only person who will eat the fixins, the lettuce, shredded lettuce, the onions, you know, anything else really. So I don't even bother. We don't buy that stuff because if we did buy that stuff, it would just go to waste because i would be the only one eating it right so like a good typical taco is fine with me and probably my least favorite i have never had or maybe i have had a bite of one but something about fish tacos just sound Mm. disgusting (laughs) i mean i don't like fish so that right off the bat is like a no but um justin does have uh in his his book a recipe uh, for silver surfer fish tacos because that's been... that's the only item Silver Surfer has ever eaten oh, in a wow. comic book. Wow. Fun fact for you, folks. That's crazy. Um, I never knew that. <laughs> Too bad he picked such a disgusting food. I, I just <laughs> I just imagine this soggy, gross, fishy taco that like I, I just don't I can't imagine how that would be good. That's true. That's true. Um, me, my uh, use hard, hard, soft, hard or soft taco. What's your soft. Well, okay. usually soft, but talking more about like not fine cuisine here. They came out with these Dorito shell taco shells. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been uh, I've been getting into those a lot lately. So okay. uh, I, I will I will mix in a, a nice uh, soft shell corn corn shell, by the way. Mm. Not really one of my favorites lately. But uh, if you use them to make we use we used them to make basically taco bakes where you kind of bake the tacos and they become crispy. Uh, And that was pretty good, but I normally would just go for a nice soft flour tortilla. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm a, I'm a chorizo and potato taco kind of guy. Oh boy. Look at you banging. It's good stuff. Put a little, was it cojita, cojita cheese? I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it, but the Mexican cheese on it, probably cojita, probably with the chorizo and then the, potato so you do you take the potatoes and and you you chop them up and you you air fry them so they're nice and crispy what's the spanish word for potato (laughs) because then you could just really be um hey google (laughs) hey google hey google hey google (laughs) um yeah so you got all fancy with it look at you i mean that's typically not what we do we we do just the, the easy um, you know, do do the meat, the ground turkey or the ground beef. Yeah, that's um, a lot of ground turkey around. We'll do that. Too. Yeah, we'll do black beans. We'll do I'll do like Mexican street corn to give it a little bit like a uh, flavor there too. I'm saying like I don't like the tomato. I'll do lettuce, but even then I don't really like that. Like I'm just like a meat cheese and, and beans guy. Like in I my just, thing, like 
I just like it to break up. Like it's a lot sure. of hot, mushy stuff, yeah. you know, especially when you get a soft shelled taco. So it's just like, give me something crunchy and cold somewhere in there, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, so a follow up to the taco talk, Coach Smith asked. Oh, you're you're back. Yeah, I, I see. Lucas, we have this private chat, and I write things to you, which huh? it seems like you just ignore them. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> um, well, I have this wide screen now, and it's so wide I have to turn I, my head. To the it's like side. in the other room, Kevin. Gosh, <laughs> um, <laughs> is a taco a sandwich? Oh, well, I mean, I guess the definition of a sandwich is some stuff in between another thing, right? It's true. I mean, anything can be a sandwich if you put, you know, some poop between two pieces of two rocks. Is that a sandwich? <laughs> I'm not the even going to go sandwich. there. I'm not, uh, not even going there. Yes. You know what? It is a taco. A taco is a sandwich, just like okay. a hot dog is a sandwich because it's handheld and it's something betwixt another thing. So I, I agree with your logic there. Like uh, functionally speaking. Yes. I agree. Cause like you look at like a pita pocket, that's still a sandwich and it's still like fundamentally the same materials, like a flour yeah. tortilla essentially. Um, but my only gripe here is I would say, don't disrespect the taco by calling it a sandwich sandwich. No, no, by no means. Am I ever going to go, Hey, Google order me a, order me a taco sandwich from the taco bells, taco bell sandwich shop. <laughs> Door dash it. Because I ain't putting uh, pants on. Hub. <laughs> so, all right, moving on, Garrett. What is your most surprised game you have played this year? It can surprise you in any way. Um, so, if you want, if you want to think about it, I'll go. And because mine is a recent answer, it's, it's Welcome to Elk. Yeah, I was honestly, say, for me, because like it, even though I played the demo and I knew what I was getting into, the demo didn't give you any sort of grasp how deep the story was going to go and what was there. It was just so off the reservation that it really didn't give you a feel for the game other than knowing, okay, here's the world. Here's how the characters look. And that's really all it gave you in the demo. So uh, for me, that was the most surprising uh, experience I've had this year with the game. Nice. Nice. Um, Honestly, a lot of my 2020 experiences, first of all, I had to be like, did I even play anything from 2020? (laughs) And the answer is kind of no, because uh, I had eternal doom eternal, which I started and then just, promptly fell off the wayside uh, i'll be able to play it's coming that. to game pass yeah i saw now <laughs> i feel week. like an idiot i'll be playing it when it came to game pass but i'll be playing the copy that i had to pre-order because i'm a dumb dumb and didn't wait um but two things actually came to mind one was the mario all-stars 3d collection i actually oh, okay. was su- i was surprised at how much i was looking forward to playing all of these because i've been a uh, full Full disclosure here. I've been trying to emulate these halfway decently on my computer. Yeah. And it's not so much that the computer can't emulate it. It's more like, how do I take a console game and then make it so that I can easily play it as if I was on that console? You know, I can't emulate a Wiimote very easily. So being able to play some of these games this way in the in the switch and not have to worry about emulation and how I'm going to control the game and all that stuff has actually been kind of a blessing. Um, and Mario 64, I, I know a lot of people are throwing this by the wayside and just saying like, I'm done with this game. It's so frustrating. And I've, I'm <laughs> yeah. there too. I've been posted. Like I never post anything on Twitter, but I posted a couple of videos. Like, look at this garbage. Look at what I'm dealing with over here. Um, but at the same time, I keep going back to it and playing it. So there's some kind of, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I like being punished. I don't know, but 
I was surprised that I actually have the the want to go back and play it because I could have played Mario 64 many, many, many times over. But there's yeah. something magical about going back and playing it on the Switch for me mm-hmm. that, that seems to be working for me. The other thing that surprised me, and I had to check to see if this even came out in 2020. It's actually another Switch game, surprisingly. Uh, a lot of surprises. Fit or not Fitbit, uh, Ring Fit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I um, I would still be playing that now. I would still be playing that now if it weren't for the fact that I completely destroyed my, uh, my um controller, my Joy Cons, my Joyless Cons. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But the fact that I played it as much as I did surprised myself. Um, but I don't know. There was something nice about being able to just because we talked about when we first got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I talked about having something that shows you what to do. So you don't have to think about it, but it's not so complicated that you can't, you know, it's not this whole system where if you skip a day, you have to start over, Mm -hmm. uh, start that whole week over that type of thing. So like, it was kind of a question of whether or not it would work or be useful or be something that I'd even do after getting it because, uh, we fit wasn't really that engaging for me, you know, stepping out of balance board. Woohoo. Um, but Ring Fit was actually a pretty big surprise. And like I said, when I get those fixed, I plan on going back to it. And I, I want to beat the game, as dumb as that sounds. The, I still have quite a bit. I'm probably only two thirds of the way done, but uh, I want to go back and beat it. And I don't know. It's kind of surprising that I, that what it had to offer as far as the RPG side of it goes. So that makes sense. I got to get back to that too. I think it's sitting right over there. Um, <laughs> if I can. So like the switch basically lives in the living room because my wife some days will boot up civilization and kind of dominate on there. And I know when Pikmin drops at the end of next month, that's going to be needs to be there. So like I thought yeah. a lot, a lot of times about moving it here because there's enough space for me to do ring fit here. And I'm not like on the first floor where every move I do, it shakes the whole house because yeah. you can hear me from the basement or whatever. So down here is actually perfect for it, but it's a matter of moving the, the switch dock and then knowing that she may want it, I have to move it back and forth. So I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do there. Um, I might just put it in the playroom across the way on the other side of the wall and do it over there because it's still um, the bottom basement floor. So it's not going to bother anybody else when I do it. So, yeah. Um, All right. So last question we have here. Um, This is a follow-up from Garrett and Dev. Um, There's been a lot of talk about Among Us, Lucas, lately. Yeah. Um, That's the new hotness now, right now. Um, They're talking about trying to set up a PSVG night to do it, which I think is this actually seems to be a lot of people are saying they'll do it. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they'll actually do it, that will remain to be seen because we know how that goes here in PSVG land. We don't typically play games with each other, um, but everyone's talking about Among Us. So Garrett asks, and Among Us is Eat the Hype, a.k.a. Donnie the Imposter. And Dev's follow-up is, why is Donnie always the imposter even when he isn't? Um, and I quickly brought up once this, all this talk started happening uh, that this reminds us to, I mean, shoot, maybe a month ago, we had the question about reality TV shows. Yeah. And it's, it's Survivor, and I said Donnie will be voted off the island first. first. Yeah. This is literally that argument. This is evidence that I was right, that everyone's like, nope, Donnie's the imposter. He's getting voted off first. It's true. Um, yeah. It's so. be- I mean, you most people have that friend, right? There's always somebody who's they're darned if they do and darned if they don't. Because mm-hmm. if they try to explain that they're innocent, there's just something about them that you don't either you don't believe them or you don't want them to pull the wool over your eyes because you don't want them to be right or whatever. And so you just deny until you die. You're just like, no, you have to be the imposter because you it's, it's you, you just have to be Donnie. Come on. And that's why you're always the imposter. 
It's true. Even I got nothing else to add to that. You're 100 right. Like I said, that was, my answer was Survivor. He needs to be the first one voted out. It stands for this too because it's basically um, Survivor well, in a different type of game. He has that wheel. He has the wheeling and dealing mm-hmm. uh, background, and that will easily flow into you know working himself out of these situations where people think that he is the imposter it's just it's too he's too much of a wild card to leave him in so you get rid of him before you even have to worry about it he would somehow trade a ps vita to become the imposter with a copy (laughs) of hot shots golf though of course yeah exactly fair enough all right, well, that's it for the messages for now. We do have a couple other ones that will tie into the news stories we're about to get into. So thank you, everybody, for sending those in. Uh, we typically will reach out every week on recording night on our Discord that you can find over at psvg.blog, or I'll typically tweet out as well. You can respond there, and we will answer your question on the show. But, Lucas, it's been a week. It's actually been two weeks for us. So let's go ahead and check out the news of the week. I'm Commander Shepard. And this is my favorite news outlet on the Citadel. Sir, I will let you go first because you appear to have three and I only have two. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with the weakest story first. You know, you know, as they say, start leaving the Xbox empire. That's the weakest (laughs) story, right? Uh, No, it's gaining. It's trending in uh, China. (laughs) Why China? I don't know. They don't even like Xbox. We've talked about that. It's true. Uh, so a Yakuza. Are you familiar with the Yakuza as a game? Like the actual gang not, or the game? <laughs> not the gang. If you're if you're familiar with the Yakuza as a gang, then I might have to worry about your well-being. That's fair enough. Um, yes, I am. Lucas, I know of the, the Yakuza. Me, uh, me as well, but it's always been that thing that was on PlayStation that I'll never play. Much like most everything that's on PlayStation. I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You guys have fun with your game over there that I can't I can't have. Uh, well, it's a long running game series about oh, yeah. high level organized crime and orphanage management in Japan. Uh, see, I haven't played enough of it to know that I you haven't orphan- gotten that part that I don't think has been in every game. That's a new one on me. I knew it was goofy because I, I, I remember seeing stories about one of the ones that was coming out and I knew it had like different elements to it. But I didn't know that you finally can be an orphanage tycoon. That was my dream. But that game never came out. Um, Please, sir, can I have another? <laughs> exactly. More. And I can finally say no. Uh, <laughs> it's headed to the big screen. Uh, you wanted it. You got it. Now, quote, Yakuza offers us a new playground in which to set compelling stories with complex characters in a unique environment that audiences have rarely seen before. Now, I would argue that I think we've seen many of many of those things in plenty of other movies. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a little I'm a little torn here. So while I like the idea of having more video game IP hit the movies, even though they're typically not great, um, they're still at least fun to chew and see what they do with. Sure. I don't see how this is going to be the same. So if you think of the Yakuza as how they actually are, and based on your definition there, compelling stories and yada yada yada. Yakuza is not known for being compelling stories, the games. Um, they're very tongue-in-cheek. They're very over-the-top. They're very Godzilla-ish uh, voice acting skills. Like, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so then to have that twist and that description of that movie sounds to me like you're just making an Asian Godfather movie. Like, because it's really like, you know, Yakuza's the mafia, but in Japan. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't 
if you make the story compelling and take away all the cheese factor, it's not Yakuza anymore. So I get it. Like it would make a better movie if it didn't have that stuff 100%, but Yakuza is very much uh karaoke mini games, uh, yes. flaming kicks and like general goofiness. So it's the like, orphanage, man- orphanage management. Like it's not, I don't know. It's like making grand theft auto the movie. Like it just, it wouldn't There's- work unless you completely change it. Then it might be an okay movie, but it's not the subject matter. Yeah, there's too many elements that make the game up that you can't really combine that all into a movie and have it make any sense. They even say a mix of kinetic action with bursts of comedy, multiple converging storylines, and a gripping journey towards redemption. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. Here's the surprising part. They've already made a Yakuza movie uh, called Yakuza Like a Dragon, based on the original Yakuza. Um which I don't know. It came out in 2007. I don't know if it was available here or not. I'm sure. I somehow. don't recall hearing about maybe like video on demand or something. Uh, but don't get too excited because this is all super early in the process. They're still looking for writers and stuff. But you have to wonder, like, I don't know who this is for. You know what I mean? Like, they're already cinematic yeah. enough that, like you said, you're, you're kind of just taking this world and then making your own story out of it, which is fine, I guess. But it's going to be like Final Fantasy Spirits Within. <laughs> it's just going to be Yakuza by name alone. Right. And I think that that's kind of where, yeah, Like a Dragon 2007. Oh, and even more confusing is that the next game in the Yakuza series is also entitled Like a Dragon, but has nothing to do with the film Like a Dragon that came out in 2007. So it's just even more ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think it was available stateside. Like the nothing I can see find out is based on uh, there, English language. Like, yeah, it's yeah. There's a trailer in this article, and you can watch it. And it straight up looks like cutscenes that come from the game. I mean, we're talking like '80s suits. He's walking down a busy street in Tokyo or whatever. Um, I mean, I played enough of the one that came to uh, what is it, Yakuza Zero? Or, or whatever yeah. Yeah. uh to know that like these look ripped straight from the game but is that what it's going to be is like a collection of scenes that remind us of the game i mean i guess that's the best you could hope for right? I, I, yeah i guess it's it, you can get it on amazon if you want to buy it lucas 33 dollars for the blu-ray only 33 dollars yep. dvd is 22.99 if you want to save some coin oh goodness gracious yeah yeah i mean i can think of some other properties that i would like to see <laughs> as a video game than yakuza playstation properties even it's true it's true so um weird are the yakuza games on playstation now because they're like i think there's a handful of them on game pass you might be able to play yeah them. some of the kiwami remake ones yeah. are that's so. um all right like we'll we'll jump the shark now i think the biggest story uh in all of video game the past week if not this whole year, actually, if not this whole decade at this point, yeah. Microsoft buys Bethesda and ZeniMax for $7.5 billion with a B out of nowhere. Like, there was no talk. There was no rumors. You know, there was rumors that, you know, Microsoft was looking at trying to get the WB games that was up for sale. Yeah. Um, or, you know, there's always chatter of smaller acquisitions. Nobody saw this coming. There was nobody who predicted this. Nobody could imagine this that it was going to happen but yeah so the company signed a 7.5 billion dollar agreement to acquire zenimax media bethesda softworks and their subsidiary game studios this includes bethesda game studios id software zenimax online studios arcane machine games tango gameworks alpha dog and roundhouse studios goodness 
among the franchises that come with them, so they, they also get all the IP, of course, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls series, Fallout, Doom, Dishonored, Prey, Wolfenstein, Quake, Starfield, which is coming out maybe at some point. Dude, this is crazy. <laughs> that is weird to think of as Microsoft properties now. Like, people still play Skyrim. People still play Morrowind and yeah. uh, Oblivion. Like Elder Scrolls Online is a huge thing right now. Like Yeah. It's fallout right i'm a huge bethesda fan like i play pretty much everything they put out regardless of what studio it's on i had great times like evil within i love the wolfenstein franchise i I haven't played doom eternal yet but i will thanks to this purchase in game pass um so things like that like this is just crazy to think that microsoft just bought a triple a studio like we think of all these acquisitions and stuff we've seen nobody's bought a triple a studio they just did that yeah um, Donnie, Donnie and Elaine said it on, on the Xbox Empire, I think best is they just bought another E3 presentation. Like you think Bethesda used to have a, a two hour E3 presentation every year and Microsoft just bought that. Like think of how long Microsoft is, number one. And yeah. then now they add Bethesda to like that's how much content they put out. Like Bethesda alone was matching, a, you know, the amount of announcements Microsoft was uh, across the board. And this comes like their their cloud uh, gaming platform that they were working on. It comes with all Zenimax's uh, like physical locations, the property they own. Like this is a massive, massive acquisition. I think what it tells me, and maybe this is correct me if I'm wrong here, but that tells me. <laughs> I didn't say tell me I'm wrong. Just oh, correct oh. me if I'm wrong. Sorry. Um, it tells me that they are really trying to position game pass as like the de facto thing to buy. And I think, or to subscribe to, and I think with the announcement of uh, one of the things we'll talk about later, I believe that they're looking at it. Like now is the time to move in, have experiences like this be on our platform and make it so that it really is a destination because they've been working their way up there. But imagine if the next Skyrim releases day one on, on game pass or something like that, because it doesn't matter even if they don't have everybody, but they have people who like, uh, uh, the elder scrolls, Mm -hmm. they're still getting a chunk of the money from the, the sales of the game and everything. So they're probably looking at it. Like no matter what we do here, we're buying this property. That's going to make us money and elevate our position in the upcoming cloud-based streaming wars of video games. It's true. And, and it's crazy. Like, so even if they don't decide to keep everything exclusive to them, which they may or may not, the statement so yeah. far has been like, you know, all the, all of Bethesda's iconic franchises will come to game pass on console and PC. Eventually um, there will cost first party games will hit game pass, you know, day and date release like we know that's going to happen and they said all all the honor all the contracts signed prior to this purchase date will still be honored so playstation is still getting um ghostwire tokyo and uh death loop as part of the agreement may not be permanent we don't know if it's a time thing or it was a full exclusivity i'm sure that'll come out eventually uh they said they're honoring those but uh other games in the future will come to pc and xbox and will be decided upon other platforms on a case-by-case basis so they may decide to port certain things and put it on Switch, like they've done certain games and put them on Switch. You know, Skyrim was on there. Um, there's, there's been other ones too. I forget. Um, but they've Wolfenstein went on there, right? Doom, 
yeah doom did so i mean there's there's been some that have gone there so like they have that history that relationship with nintendo porting stuff over and obviously um there's a huge population of playstation gamers that have grown you know affectionate towards the bethesda games uh skyrim you know especially fallout especially like, things like that like that was known as the place to experience those games for a long time and now potentially it might be off the table but either way it's a very very smart move and it shows that microsoft is not playing around um it also, I think, gives people confidence that Game Pass is not going anywhere anytime soon because they need to recoup these costs. Um, which, speaking of which, uh, Kaiju Guy sends in a question here: uh, that Disney had to fork out four billion to buy Lucas Films, not mm-hmm. you, Lucas, like like George Lucas. <laughs> uh, um, I, thought I thought I was selling off my uh, DVD collection. Not for four billion, um, a buttload of money. But Microsoft just dropped seven point five billion for Bethesda. Yeah. To compare, they also spent a third of that. For Minecraft, any thoughts on these wild numbers in comparison to each other? Um, for me, it is kind of crazy. Like you think about, yes, there are iconic franchises in this lineup that they just purchased. There are there are gaming history in Doom and Wolfenstein. Like that that started the first person shooter. Like we all know that stuff. Like the massive games throughout throughout the years that they've had that history of having. But to me, it does feel like a lot of money because so yes, Disney bought bought Lucasfilm for four billion. I'm pretty sure they've made way more from Star Wars than four billion already in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Like way more. I think they probably recouped their money back within the first year or two after purchasing it. Like they made that money back right away. I maybe I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong and I don't I don't know the ins and outs of the gaming industry. I think it's gonna take a long time to make back seven point five billion, which in theory they're not gonna make back because as Bethesda continues to make games, Microsoft's bankrolling those games. So there's going to be costs associated with such. Games aren't cheap to make, especially games on the Bethesda level. We know that. They don't really do uh, indie. Even their middle-tier games, I think some people would consider them like Prey and Dishonored, they were quality games, and I don't think they were cheap to make. Um, But if they're all Microsoft exclusive and it gets more people signed up for Game Pass, more people invested in the Microsoft ecosphere, then great. That's a smart move for them. But this was... Definitely a power play when you know Sony fans, myself included, are tout you know always tout that well Sony has better exclusives. I still think that's true, and even if they decide to say if Bethesda games are going to be exclusive to Microsoft, that closes the gap. I still think Sony has an edge. Like there's just nothing to Naughty Dog and Sucker Punch and Insomniac. Like that's just a different breed. I get it, um, but this certainly tilts things in a very different direction, and it has the potential to put a lot of games out every year so now you look at with this acquisition you break down the different studios under bethesda and microsoft now they have 23 first party studios holy cow if they do if they start a gaming cycle of like every other year so that's even even longer period of time than like assassin's creed like remember assassin's creed were every year call of duty every year if they if they split these 23 studios up and say all right you have two years to do a game they could potentially release a first party game a month for like two years straight and if they just kept that circle going like just imagine that like you get you know all the bethesda games come out this year then next year is all of this game or like they could do that if if they really wanted to if they want to push that lever obviously we want them to explore and do different things like we don't want them just copy and paste games but they can do that for some of them and really just put out a ton of games a year that would make nintendo and sony weep when you look at the amount of content that could be pushed out if managed uh properly we know microsoft is very um, at least from what people have said so far that have been acquired, that it's great to work for. They let them do their thing. They let them, you know, they help bankroll so they're not worried about their livelihood. So they're able to just develop great content and games. But 
if Microsoft pushed them just a little bit and said, if we can get 12 games out a year, like that's crazy to say, there's gonna be a new first party Xbox game in game pass every year would be a major selling point. I think for a ton of people to buy game pass if they're not already there. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, when comparing the price, I think what it, part of what it comes down to is you're buying so much more intellectual property when it comes mm-hmm. to games like this. And I think that might be a part of why it's so much more, almost twice as much really. Um, I mean, you're just getting so much more stuff. Star Wars is a lot for films, but when it comes to like that versus gaming, yep. you're getting so many more properties here. And I think that's, that's part of the reason why, but you hit on something. I th- I don't think it's about recouping their costs necessarily. They yeah. will, but it, it is going to take a while. I think it's about being relevant. And I think yeah. that they realized um, maybe a little, not, I don't want to say too late, but too late for this cycle of uh, mm-hmm. consoles. I think they realized they don't really have that card to play when it comes to like, how do you answer to Sony exclusives? Now they have that. Now they can say, all right, not this, not this console cycle, which, you know, console cycles, I think that's going to get, those lines are going to get blurred soon. I anyway, think so too. Yeah. Because if you just have game pass libraries to, to fall back on, it doesn't really make that much of a difference what you're playing it on. I'm not sure they can push that technology lever any further than what they're doing with these new consoles for a while anyway. So, right. Right. And so I think really what they're looking at is how do we stay relevant and how do we safeguard ourselves from uh, falling out of relevancy (laughs) compared to fallout? Yes. Yes, that was totally on purpose. You totally meant to do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So they wouldn't want to fall into an oblivion of uh, (laughs) don't get me started because I'll just kick a dead horse on this one. But yeah, I, I really think that's pretty much what it comes down to is they're thinking, well, if we can't do it ourselves, let's buy somebody who we know can do it. And then we'll just rely on that for a while to, to get us through and actually compete on a game level, hardware level. Yeah, sure. You know, toe to toe, but game level we've known for a while that, you know, the joke is what are they going to do? Pull out another halo out of their pocket? (laughs) Forza. So no, I'm with you. And as a Bethesda fan, I can just say I'm excited because that's a whole lot of games I don't need to buy now because I can just play my game. Back, <laughs> that's so. true. That's I'm true. all for it, man. And the amount of uh, basically the amount of money that they're going to be able to pump into this stuff to say, hey, why don't we try something different with yep. Skyrim or yep. the next uh, Elder Scrolls game or Fallout or whatever. So, And I'll, like, if I need to buy DLC to get to, like the fall DLC is always great. I'm fine with buying the DLC. I didn't buy the game. So it's even easier now for me to say, OK, yeah, I'll drop 20, 30 bucks on a season pass. Yeah. Whatever. Like I didn't buy the game, so it's even easier. Get that horse armor, bro. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. What else you got? Uh, let's talk about uh, Star Wars Squadrons because I am going to be selfish and I like this game and I want to play it. So we knew that they were going to have zero microtransactions. EA has been very careful about yeah. saying, "Hey, we're not going to have loot boxes where you buy money and with real money and then buy loot boxes and then you got to buy a key to unlock a loot box." We all know how that all works. (laughs) This is going to be solely available through gameplay unlocks. So they say all of the cosmetic and customization options. You want a little bobblehead Darth Vader on your um, TIE fighter? Sure. You can have a real thing. I hope so. If not, I mean, I should be making games clearly. Yeah. (laughs) I know they have bobbleheads that you can put in there. I just don't know if Darth Vader is one. That would be hilarious. Um, 
So there's going to be two types of... Uh, so you can unlock it through game, gameplay. What does that look like, right? Well, there's two types of things they've revealed that you can do in the game to unlock currency or rewards, that type mm -hmm. of thing. So you'll have your daily challenges. That's If you've played an online shooter or something like that, you're familiar with yep. shoot down. Well, here, complete dogfight matches, three of them. Uh, win matches in fleet battles versus AI, do one. So you have stuff like that. But then they also, more interestingly, have uh, complex operation challenges that offer unique cosmetics. And this made me think of more along the lines of like fall guys, where you have this stuff that you unlock yeah. as you go through and play the game. I'm sure there's other games that do this as well, but so you'll have these operations. They're eight week cycles that happen in the game and you play these operations. It brings along a set of unique customization options and rewards that go away after those operation challenges are gone. So it's almost like seasons. They're not calling them. Oh, so seasons. yeah, it sounds like a battle pass thing. Yeah. Where it's gone after that. Yeah. So for me, it's a little bit more exciting because really all I expected was a nice single player campaign with a mm -hmm. little bit of like multiplayer, but it sounds like they're kind of hoping that they will continue to support this, at least in a way that almost is reminiscent of an online shooter yeah. as opposed to, uh, what you know, the older games from the uh, the starship Star Wars games mm -hmm. where you're you know dogfighting and that type of thing. Um, so you'll have rankings as well that you'll earn, uh, all sorts of stuff. I don't know, I just feel like it, there's more there than I initially. And I, I mean, I don't go out of my way to learn every single thing yeah. about a game, but it's nice to know that there will be a little carrot dangling from the end of a stick that will keep me coming back to this game because there will be some kind of progression and uh, like level progression and things to unlock. And, you know, for better or worse, if it's just customization options, it's still something, right? You're not totally. just playing the game to, to whatever. Um, and most importantly, EA did say we'll be updating the game over time and still balancing and offering fixes. Sure. So even though it's $40, they're not just pushing it out the door. At least they say they're not just pushing it out the door. That's that. We made a Star Wars game that wasn't Battlefront. Yep. There you go. So, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about this. Sounds it sounds cool. like they've learned their lesson from said Battlefront and are going to offer things you can unlock by playing the game. What? What is that? We haven't seen that since 2000. Whoa! <laughs> uh, nobody's going to know why I screamed whoa. Nope. <laughs> Fill in the gap. Let us know your sauciest answer in the Discord. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is just shaping up to be maybe a surprise uh, sleeper hit. Yeah. It very well might be. Like, it, it, that's certainly more appealing to me, too. Like, saying, okay, we know it's a limited scoped game. Like, there wasn't a lot of meat on the stick. You know, meat on the bone, I guess, is the proper analysis <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, there. I'm made out of sticks. That's why you got. Yeah, confused. that's, you know, it's. Um, that this is something to keep people coming back and keeping that grind on and want to come back and play. I mean, that's what Fortnite does. Like, yeah, Fortnite sells the season pass, but their game is free. So whatever, this is vice versa. You're buying the game, you get these season passes for free, but you're right. It's like you play for a couple weeks and you have these opportunity to get these cosmetics and then it resets and you have a new one and you got to do it all over again. Like that's the loop to keep you playing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a decent outlook for an EA star Wars game. And I'm just excited about that. Agreed. So Amazon today had a little bit of a press conference. They announced a whole bunch of their new tech that's coming out this year. Uh, some stuff is available right now. Uh, new Echo, you know, 
speaker is a, is a, a fitness band called halo um, not to be associated with Microsoft. It's not. How did they get them. away with that? Wow. I know, right. You can't have a monster game and you had to change it to a mortals Phoenix <laughs> rising, because, but you know, whatever. Um, but one announcement that came out of here, which uh, our buddy Jeff Grubb kind of teased a little, he goes, gosh, I wish there was another cloud streaming service coming. Oh, yeah, and everyone's yeah. like, what does that mean? Well, guess what? Amazon is coming folks. They announced today a new cloud gaming platform called Luna. It's not too surprising. The service has been rumored since last year, uh, codenamed Tempo before. Uh, while an Amazon-made game controller leaked out just before today's event. Uh, it's not clear when Luna will launch widely, but initially will be available on PC, Mac, Fire TV, iPhone and iPad via web apps, and an Android version planned for after launch. They said users in the U.S. can request early access. I already did. To the service starting today, there's no word on international availability. I better do that. <laughs> yep. The service will be available for an introductory price of $5.99 a month during its early access phase, which gives subscribers the ability to play Luna Plus game channels across two devices simultaneously. So it's almost like it, you, so you have two people streaming at the same time. Uh, offers nice. 4K and 60 frames per second resolution for select titles, of course. Uh, naturally, be powered by AWS, its web platform. Now, they're saying there'll be more than 100 games will be available uh, via the Luna Plus channel, which is how you access it. And launch titles will include Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele, Grid, Abzu, and Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Amazon says more games will be added over time. The company offer also partnered with Ubisoft for a specific gaming channel. So it sounds like that's going to be a separate charge, which they have not gone into, but it sounds very much like that Uplay Plus. Um so players who subscribe to this channel will have access to their favorite Ubisoft titles in up to 4K resolution, mobile gameplay, and access to new titles with the channel launches like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, Immortals Phoenix Rising the same day they release. Wow. This wow. is the first of multiple Luna game channels in development where customers can play games from their favorite publishers and genres. You know, that's not surprising the way that works because it's basically what they did with their video streaming platform too, is uh-huh. you can add stars or or whatever. Um on there as well so it sounds like it works the same exciting you know i mean maybe we just i don't know it is kind of like oh great another streaming platform but still i mean they have experience with streaming i would say i don't know i feel like like for google to do it seems a little bit weird because they just kind of do a little bit of everything but for amazon to do it seems like it could actually turn into something and this approach just feels right that's the big thing. It's it's not Stadia, folks. You're not you're not paying this the, paying the subscription to be able to stream games and having to buy the games. This includes the games. Now, obviously, it's an introductory price. It, it will go up. It may well actually shouldn't say it will go up. It says it may go up in the fine print, which I did look at. It says uh, they will change it. You know, basically at their discretion. You're not prepaying for the service, uh, but they'll give you at least 30 days notice to any changes to your account or charges therefore. So, like, you have time to bow out if you don't want to. Control is 50 bucks if you want it. Um, has Twitch integration as well. Um, games can be played with either mouse and keyboard, or you can use a Bluetooth controller uh, as well if you don't want to purchase their controller. But the controller actually looks nice, uh, very similar <laughs> kind of to cool, like a actually. yeah. It's I mean it's similar to the Nintendo Pro controller kind of. That's kind of what jumped out at me. It looks like that. Yep. Uh, but I like sure. the purple vibes. It's very much Twitch inspired. Um, but yeah, it has Alexa built in, which uh, will lead actually into the question that Callow sent in. So he says while playing Luna. In the middle of some intense boss fight, can I just say, Alexa, order my Depends, Toilet Sandpaper, X-Lax, and Flaming Cheetos while still focused on the fight? This is going to be sweet. So I'm not (laughs) sure if it's a question or not, um, but they did say Alexa is enabled in the controller where you can say, Alexa, let's play Control. 
and it will boot up said game for you. Dope. Now, here's the thing, too, and I don't know if this will work like this, but it would be interesting if it does. Um, so having played Mario 64, for instance, yeah. I will get on my phone uh, because it's a little bit there's some weird stuff that's kind of uh, like, I don't know what this star title means. Like, how do I get to this star? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will say, hey, Google, how do I how do I get to uh, Hey Google? Sorry, I did it wrong. Um, hey, Google, how do I get to the star? Um, and so it'll tell me like the first, uh, what would be the first Google thing and I'll read it off. And a lot of the times it will answer the question for me. So I'm wondering like, if you're playing a game on here and you say, Hey, Hey Alexa, um, how do I beat this boss? Will it get like, will it be able to give you game tips as you're playing the game? Oh, I don't know. They didn't really say really cool. If it can, I don't know. Or something of that nature, you know? I'm trying to think, because I don't think... So the controller doesn't have a speaker built in. So uh, she would be... Comes res- through the TV. Right. She would be... If you're playing on the TV, I know, like, on my Fire TV, I can ask it things and it'll respond through the speakers on the TV. It might be able to do that. Um, but only if you're playing on TV. If you're playing on PC or on your mobile phone, I don't think it's going to work there. But maybe. I mean, that's something they could definitely look at. But you're right. Like, Amazon has the edge over Google when you're talking about streaming experience they've had amazon music for a while they've had amazon prime video obviously for a while like they have that background uh google dabbles with their google music and things they shut things down all the time like we know google is infamous for hey we got this really cool idea and then dropping it like a bad habit and yeah this is kind of like amazon apparently was just waiting to have them kind of test out stadia and say okay everything people are complaining about let's not do that on ours they're like the alligator in the water, Amazon yep. alligator, and they're just lurking and waiting to see, okay, this sucks. Let's launch our thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, it, it definitely seems kind of cool and promising. Um, it, do, keep in mind, Amazon also develops their own games, mm, so Amazon none of which have, have released and been good yet, but that's there, so that's a possibility. They're going to buy Rockstar, and then that, that'll even be split. <laughs> For $1.5 gajillion. Really? <laughs> um but yeah, so it's out there and it's cool. Um, Donnie did ask a legit question. As I know, Kevin is all about Amazon devices. This is true. I have so many throughout my house. Um, and saving a buck or two. Are you excited to try the Luna experience just $5 a month as a compliment to your other devices? I will say, so I signed up for the early access thing. Not entirely sure if I'd actually, I, I would definitely try it out for a month. If they gave me access, 100% I'd try it for a month, $5. Who gives a crap? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Buying the controller, I'd like to. If I like it, I'd probably buy the controller. My only concern, honestly, number one is how well is it going to work? But like I said, I think it's going to work better than Stadia. In, in, in the philosophy, when you think about it and everything you said, it should work better than Stadia. Yeah, like the structure is right. there. They're not really building anything new. Exactly. So I, in theory, it should run better than Stadia, which is exciting. My only concern, which isn't even really a major one, is I want to see the lineup of games because mm-hmm. – is all the same stuff on Game Pass? Is all the same stuff stuff I've gotten free on Epic or free from Amazon? Keep in mind, Amazon still gives me like 20 games a month for free. Like, it's yeah, free. I logged in the other day just to check and there was another like 10 games I could get for free. I'm like, I don't know what they give, basically give you like every SNK game ever. Um, I've gotten like over 30 of those now in the past couple months. You're the king of fighters now. Yeah, it's just there's so many of them. Um, so I'm wondering like what the not quality 
the variety of games is going to be are they really going to get stuff that's different that hasn't already been on these these things already um then it's definitely cool and it's something i would i would 100 try out for six bucks a month if it's good that lineup gets updated pretty regularly they add stuff takes if they need to take stuff away i totally understand like they all kind of have to do that stuff but if it's maintained and it runs well i'd totally be down to try this as, as an accessory to like game pass but i, I just want that variety from game pass obviously halo is not going to show up on this like i'm not talking about that i'm saying right. all the other third-party games if it's stuff that's really different that is still cool like control i think is a great game for that like that's fantastic that's on there resident evil 7 i've played it yes it's on ps now it's going to be on the ps plus classics on the ps5 yeah. pretty sure it's on game pass right now like that's ever but still that's a big game so like if there's additional games like that that pop up it's totally awesome but like ukulele i think i've gotten free on two different platforms yeah um yeah. and i believe it's still on game pass as well so i mean like stuff like that doesn't get me excited but if the variety is there this is fantastic and this would be a way that if potentially they start adding more pc games to it like stuff i can't get on console this mm-hmm. might be a way i can stay up to date with pc gaming because my rig is not the best on earth so yeah. um like i was actually offered a review game and i turned it down because i was afraid my computer wouldn't run it so i was like i don't want to be the one to review this then yeah um but yeah this this could be a very viable option and i'm excited yes donnie to at least try it out because as you said i'm all in on amazon and every tv is a fire tv except for the new monitor i bought um so it's what five fire sticks in my no four fire sticks in my house one is a fire tv so i don't need the stick i have five or six echo dots throughout the house so yeah I'm, I'm all in on amazon infrastructure which you have to say because they can hear you. And if you say anything bad about them, they will send, uh, they'll kick down your door and they'll send in the clown army. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, tears of a clown. Um, uh. So, I mean, the Ubisoft thing is a, is a good indication. I think that they are going to at least try to provide things. I'm wondering how much playing. these additional channels are going to cost. So like very much, like you said, Amazon prime video is included with your prime. Obviously, I don't expect this to be included with Prime. That would be freaking sweet if they did, though. And yeah, then you buy the extra amazing. channels. would be fantastic. But, I mean, if you tell me, like, hey, I can get Ubisoft for a month for 10 bucks, I might That's do that. That's kind of play, what I'm thinking. You know, new yeah. games, stuff like that. Like, I'm okay with that. I wouldn't do that all the time, but I pick and choose. If stuff comes out, hell yeah, I'll jump in on, on Ubisoft. Or uh, if EA does one, maybe. I mean, I will know because they're all coming to Game Pass now, so I probably wouldn't do that unless it's day and date stuff. Because uh, he's not doing that. But like, yeah, I definitely look into other options. And I mean, the, the sleeper hit of this news is Ubisoft, man. They're getting involved in everything. everything. They were doing it yeah. with Stadia, which hasn't happened. I don't know if it's still going to happen with this or not, but let's say it is. So Uplay Plus is going to be on Stadia. It's going to be on this. Um, they have their own thing on on PC if you want to do it. Yes, like they're yeah. working every angle on this cloud thing. Like they're all in on it, which is surprising well, that they haven't jumped in on the Xbox one. Because I don't think they want to have to compete as much with their own, but they probably think if we're on everything, mm. then we don't have to be the best streaming yeah. or not streaming platform, but subscription service. As to say, if it's another subscription inside that service, you're right. That's a good play for them. So they're using their tech to push their product. So then it makes it clear if it's just a channel, like, okay, this is where this is how much of a cut you get because yeah. they're only paying. That's true for that. So yeah. That's it's not a bad cool. thing to do. No, no. We're going to end up with like $100, like instead of with the $100 cables, like everyone's cut their cable. We're going to end up with like $100 gaming bills because we got like, <laughs> we've got, you got all the premium studio. gaming streaming channels now. <laughs> yeah. It's like you a, want that I, Activision channel, bro. Let's play yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> no, man, I just cut them out so I could get Rockstar. No, oh, a blizzard. Me, what are you playing? Red Dead again? 
Why do you even have Blizzard? They don't even set put out any new games anymore. <laughs> Shut up. World of Warcraft's awesome. All right. <laughs> We're running along here. What's your last story, Lucas? I know you got one more. Yes, and we need to keep it PG-13, Kevin. So if you could just try to calm yourself down as I tell you this breaking news. Baldur's Gate 3. Now, here's a game that's kind of fallen off my ra- radar. I kind of forgot ever since I saw that movie. Like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that's coming. Uh <laughs> Which happens sometimes. We can't all be everywhere. You know, I'm not a streaming platform. I'm not available to be everywhere at all times for you. Uh, But in case you were wondering, yes, you can have the sexy times in the Baldur's Gate three. Now, if that's if that's the 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 thing that you need in your game to say, I'll be there day one. They got you covered. But let's start. I'm I'm jumping the gun here. Let's let's ease into things because I don't want to just, you know, go zero to a hundred and scare you off. The characters in the game, aka the NPCs, the people mm-hmm. that will be accompanying you on the journey, will each have their own personalities, motivations, and goals, and under normal circumstances probably wouldn't have much to do with each other. So you've got sure. this ragtag group of people coming together. Uh, Larry and the developer said that there will be hundreds of permutations that determine where a relationship heads, meaning all of the things that happen in the story, the things that you decide to do. I mean, we've come to expect this from these types of games. Yeah. I remember in KOTOR, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, I think, one of the characters was like, I don't like how you handled that. And this was like, how long ago? 10, 15 Lucas years. Will remember this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And hate you for it. Uh, romancing NPCs will also be an option, which will play out primarily at the party's camp. So there's going to be this part sort of like in um, Dragon Age, where you can make camp and you'll be able to talk to the characters that are in your party. And this is where most of these things will come to light, where you will talk and have relationship building conversations about what happened in your journey from what I, from what I am garnering from this article. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I did go ahead and I read, or I watched the video that was accompanying this in kind of their community update, Larian's community update about this whole situation. And it was surprisingly, um endearing how they were talking about because this is a DD world they're talking about how DD players coming from a tabletop role-playing background kind of expect a certain amount of accessibility as far as me choosing to be a halfling adventurer who's mm-hmm. romancing a uh orc shall we say a, a larger being You know, they got to make sure that all of this stuff can work. So all of these options, all of these race options, they'll be able to romance each other. There's not going to be any like Mass Effect where there's only certain characters or I mean, you just got to put your key in that Baldur's Gate, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it's basically a skeleton key, man. It's going to fit. It's going to fit any any gate that you need to put it in. So any lock. Um, And that's you know what? In this day and age, that's very important. for all our jokes, <laughs> for all intensive purposes, um, it, it, it's it's surprising that they've gone to these lengths. And even in this article, <laughs> they they say that uh, 
based on what you see in the video, there are a lot of different romancing options happening that they've store storyboarded out and everything. I but heard that there was group options even. Right? <laughs> it's not in this article. No, no, like no joke. I, it, it's are not in this serious? article. I got to look, but I'm pretty sure I saw something that there's more than two participants per action if you want there to be. Well, this definitely is a fantasy game then because uh, I don't know about you, but that's not uh, that's not on the cards for old, old Lucas anymore. I don't think it ever was, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, it's funny to me that this is a part of this game, and yet we just talked about Leisure Suit Larry, which was <laughs> I know, right? Was adults only, and now we've got this m- mature game that definitely shows off uh, bits and pieces as they had to censor it in the uh, community update, but. Uh, I mean, this is where we're at now. We have articles that say you can have the sexy times in The Witcher 3 or uh, all of Larian's games. It's turning into the new Can You Pet the Dog? It really is, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, and it's weird that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that want to have digital sex with their digital... Bits. Yeah, their digital characters, their digital representations of themselves. As long as it's not their digital monsters in a digital world, I think we'll be okay. That's fair enough. Um, I did look it up and I think I might have just misread because of Baldur's Gate 3. It was like three romance options thinking three people, not the name <laughs> of the game. So I, I, I probably this happens on the show sometimes like when I thought the frying pan was real. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so Baldur's Gate 3 was actually the game that I was offered to review. And I was like, I don't think my computer would run. Oh, it first would be okay. But that was when I got offered. I'm like, eh, sorry, I can't commit to that. That's when you give them, I have this friend. <laughs> I've done that. And unfortunately, Seth is still there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, right under the bus. I, I can't throw him under the bus. Seth is my ghostwriter. They haven't given him his account. So every time he writes something, it shows up as me. So it's fantastic. I, Seth is my ghostwriter. So. Well, he doesn't need that. Um, all the fame and fortune that comes nah, along with writing. I mean, clearly not. I'm, I'm, I'm a big star. That's a big ask to review this game like this is probably a 60 hour game i would assume so uh, yeah it's got to be quite an undertaking yeah so but, another uh, reason i probably wasn't gonna do it i mean i'm just gonna say might be pre-ordering this one now after this news hits uh, uh, you never know what could happen Ooh. actually we do that was the point of the whole story we know what could happen now oh that's true well, I mean, it's the only way reason I'm going to play the game is like, what are the paths that I can get? Uh, How do I get to the camp trip? as quick as possible? It's really <laughs> all. I want. And what kind of camp is it? If all you're worried about is romancing. I mean, it's true. Clearly, clearly, whatever's going on in this world is not as important because you're just shacking up at the camp with. That's a good point. Options. That's a good point. However, I think humanity has shown that we can't get together as a group of people without worrying about who's going to get with who and. I mean, that's all we really care about. Who's on first? What's on second? Exactly. I mean, these guys have like little wormy tadpoles in their head that's going to turn them into monsters. But we're going to worry about if I can romance the midichlorians, the orc or whatever. Yeah. No, not midichlorians. Oh, uh, goof. That would be ridiculous. Sorry. And that would cost $4 billion. All right, Lucas, we're running long. Let's get out yes. of here. Where can people find you and your shenanigans online? Uh, I'm on the Fluxtaposed podcast. Just type in flux to pose in your nearest search engine and your computer will explode. Um, you can also find me at under heavy metal riff underscore is in there somewhere. Why do I do that every once in a while? I just have like a, just get rid of the underscore. Stroke. I can't, I don't know how, I don't even know how to Twitter. 
I have an intern who runs it for me. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I'm on the Discord. You can catch me. Um, real fly-by-night operation, but I'm on there sometimes. It's true. Three o'clock in the morning when my daughter's awake. <laughs> hating my life. Also Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> You can head on over to psvg.blog to find links to all the great stuff that Play Some Video Games puts out, uh, including all the other shows. Once again, none is quite as good as this one, but hey, we want to throw them alone. Um, if you want to hit up our Discord that Lucas mentioned, you can find that link there as well. If you're so inclined, support us over at patreon.com slash psvg. We're certainly not making money off this operation, but it helps keep us going and improving and doing fun and new things. So we thank you for the love and support. But you know, we kind of really just want you to share the show. Let's get as many people listening as possible. Cause there's always something here on the network for you. You can follow me, everything at PSVG, Kevin, you can follow the show at PSVG on the Twitter machine that Lucas doesn't know how to use. Can you get the intern to run our Twitter too? Like mine and the PSVG one. Oh yeah. I mean, the intern has no, um, has a plethora of available time to this person. I'm not even going to assign them a gender. Just, to the person who the intern who runs literally only runs my Twitter and now our Twitter. They just, they just doubled their workload. The Twitter is Google. (laughs) Google. Hey Google Google, tweet for me. (laughs) Tweet this out. (laughs) So thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you for telling a friend, but most importantly, we ask that you never stop submitting to the tadpoles in your brain. Little tiny Danny DeVito's. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com slash PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.